Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Reverend Paul John Roach. So, hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. And today we welcome a mother and daughter to the team, the team to the show. Uh, they are the authors of a wonderful new book. It's entitled, This Life is Yours. Discover your power, claim your wholeness, and heal your life. Linda Martella-Witsett is the author of the best-selling and award-winning book, How to Pray Without Talking to God. She's also written other books. She's the Vice President of Unity Prayer Ministry, and that includes the 24-7 worldwide silent unity prayer service that's been going now for 125 years or more. Uh, she's a longtime unity minister, and um, she's written this third book with her daughter, Alicia Witsett, who is a lifelong student of unity teachings and has a BA from the University of Texas of the Permian Basin. So it's a joy to welcome Alicia and Linda to the show. Glad you're with us. Well, we're grateful to have a chance to talk with you and with all of those who listen to your message. Well, thank you. And I'm excited to talk about the book. Um, it, it's I would describe it as gentle, uh, wise, helpful. Uh, it's practical and insightful. And I use that word gentle because I felt that there was, there was, there was something gentle about it. It, um, it doesn't hit you over the head, right? But it provides a lot mm -hmm. of wise and kind ideas and, and thoughts. And, and you share many of your own personal stories in it. Um, so so I, I felt nurtured after I read it. So that's always good, I think, when you, when you, ah. you, you feel like you've been enfolded in, in some kind of healing process. And, and the book, of course, is a lot about healing, right, on, all, on the various levels of healing. Um, you, you start the book by saying, you know, many of us, when we, when we have a health challenge or an illness or whatever we might want to call it, whether it's physical or mental, emotional, um, we tend to think there's something missing, right? There's something wrong with us and it has to be fixed. And unfortunately, you know, our societal view is often that, too. You know, I've got, I've got to get fixed. I've got, to, I've got to get back to, quote, normal. But, but you look at it in a slightly different way, right? And I think Jesus did, too. I think all the great healers did. They didn't come from lack, did they? Talk about that. Yeah, they. Uh, it's very important to us that we turn around what seems to be an upside-down 
sort of way of looking at our lives. Uh, and this perception that something is missing, wrong, or broken right. really speaks to the the fear that we are uh, unmanageable, that we're, uh, you know, it, it, that we are irredeemable. And that's a huge theme in a lot of religious thinking, the thought of, of us being weak. And if we are weak, that allows God to be strong. Or if we are helpless, then God gets to be powerful in our minds. And it seems in our own discovery process that that's a little backwards, a little upside down. What do you think, Alish? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we're entering this time when there's a big emphasis on self-healers and people kind of claiming that power again, that they're both human and divine, that it's not just God that's allowing these things to happen. It's, you have to be an active participant, right? So you have that divinity within you. And um, I'm really feeling that rise up, you know, this year after the pandemic started, people just kind of wanting to reclaim their power over their circumstances. Right, absolutely. And, you know, they've been calling it the great reset, right? And um, yes. and it's resetting our whole, not just, um, you know, back getting back to normal, because I don't think there is such a thing as normal, right? But it, it's it's discovering something about ourselves that maybe we'd lost. You know, I know in my own personal case, you get sucked into doing things a certain way. And when you can't because of lockdown or whatever, then you start to re-examine yourself and and think, was, were those things really important or is there something else? And in fact, I discovered a lot of wholeness within myself this last year, you know, that I am sufficient unto myself. And, and you talk about that, right? That the idea that, um, that there's, and I love the quote actually from Jesus, you know, in, in, and you're probably familiar with this, but in, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the traditional translation is, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And that's a kind of a tall order. There, there we are again. You know, we're kind of weak, trying to be perfect. Um, but the, the better translation is complete or whole. You know, you must mm -hmm. be complete or whole as your heavenly father is complete and whole. I love that mm -hmm. because, yes, that's who we are, right? We, we are beings of, of whole, wholeness and, and we have everything we need. And you, you've got four qualities here of that wholeness. Maybe we want to talk about one or two of them. Uh, well-being, nurturing, freedom, and evolution. All interesting ways of looking at our, how our wholeness unfolds. Well, that's right. And, you know, because really, if we're going to be, if we're going to really look at, you know, how do I heal? And how do I start to, to recognize that healing is not something that happens to me, but happen, healing is what I awaken to, right? It's the, not, it's the realization that I have, that I am whole. Well, then we, we, we do have to start examining what we consider the meaning of healing. Uh, and, and I think this idea of healing as nurturing is one that Alicia spoke about when people are starting to see, uh, you know, the effects on their lives of all of the things that were going on in the last year and the pandemic was only one of the big things that we were faced with as, as a world community, certainly as a national community in the U.S. Um, and so, you know, to, to take an, a look at that and, um, 
you know, to see ourselves from a framework of that healing is the things that I do every day to take good care of myself. I mean, the word self-care is really the big theme, um, certainly in spirituality these days, but also in, in secular ways. People are really asking, how do I take better care of myself? To me, to us, that's what healing is. It's, it's caring for ourselves. It's nurturing, nurturing our whole yeah. self, our body, mind, and spirit. I also like the idea of evolution in the sense that the thing that you may have thought was the worst possible thing to happen to you, when, when, it's, when you've moved through it, you, you realize, oh, my goodness, there was so much learning there. You know, I might, I might have taken it the, uh, in a negative way or a defensive way. But once I understand that, and I'm not to say it was fun when, it was go, when I'm going through it. It might, have been, it might have been hell. But when I look back and, and realize all that I've learned from it, then... I see, oh, well, maybe it's part of my evolution, you know, even the, and I'm thinking particularly of, like you mentioned, some of the things that happened last year and are still with us this year, you know, um, Black Lives Matter, for instance, and, and the whole, the whole um, interest that we have now in diversity and equity and inclusion, you know, those things were way on the back burner until very recently, and, and now everybody's talking about them, so you know, this is part of our evolution as a society, perhaps, yes? It is, and it's it's this powerful uh, just energy of change that we're feeling, and it's uncomfortable, <laughs> but it's also, it's also, like you said, it's catapulting us uh, forward to, to really start including everyone in the conversation. I'm, I'm having so many, so many interesting uh, discussions and re- relationships that have just kind of blossomed in this time of, of acknowledging someone else's experience. And that doesn't mean that we diminish our own experiences, but we're expanding to, to see beyond what is just real for us and, and notice what is really happening in the collective, you know? So it's powerful. It's such a powerful time for change. And I, I've got to point out, too, for our listeners that uh, I'm proud of Unity as a, a movement because Unity World Headquarters and Unity Worldwide Ministries have both, both taken the initiative to do some serious work around diversity and equity and inclusion and set up task forces and, uh, you know, not just trying to talk about it, but actually implement it throughout the organizations and uh, th- this is a wonderful thing, I think, because we, we, we have to lead by example, right? We can't just talk about it. Um, you've got to put it into practice. And, and a lot of your book is about that, too. I like it. And it's for that reason as well. It, it's practical advice. And we, we'll talk more about, about that later because there's some wonderful chapters on uh, very practical things you could do. In fact, there's a bunch of affirmations, right, throughout the, uh, the book that, that are so talk, talk about that a little bit, uh, since we mentioned it. Uh, we used to call it denial, but now I think the more modern term is release. Release and affirmation. You, know, you, have, to let, you have to let go of some things in order to build others, right? So um, it, it's powerful. It's a powerful technique, yes? Yes, and some of these affirmation sets of affirmations we have in here include denials. They're statements that gently remind us of that we've been thinking in false ways, that we've been thinking in ways that aren't really the truth of the matter. 
and, and then we're able to then correct that by affirming what is the truth that I need to know, you know. So, and, and, and it takes us from self-condemnation to really a more, more um, self-loving way of, of understanding what the nature of our life is and what's important to us, you know. So we, uh, we can, you know, gently um, remind ourselves that we are not helpless. <laughs> I'm not helpless. In fact, I really am quite powerful, right? Simple, simple turns of the mind in that direction have great power. And our affirmations, you might have noticed, are are not um, are not inaccessible affirmations. So many people write affirmations that kind of, you know, promise some kind of a of a you know some kind of a big conclusion or some kind of a outcome that they desire as if it's happening right now. And I think because of that, affirmations are so often misunderstood. What we aim for in affirmations is what's true right now that I can anchor my attention on and that I can really focus on when I'm going through my day. What's true now? So like if I'm sick in bed and shivering and feverish and, you know, chills and and feel pukey, you know, it doesn't help to say I am whole and well (laughs) because... It, it might be ultimate truth, but it's certainly not believable truth to me in that moment. In that but moment. I can yeah. say, but I can say every cell in my body, even now, is thrumming with life and it and life is what is happening in here. Life that is restorative, that is regenerative, life that is healing and, and, and all of those things, right? I can say that and I can understand and really and really um agree with that as truth that's what we aimed to do yeah and i like that uh, distinction too because sometimes you know the old-fashioned metaphysicians in unity and other new thought uh, movements you know jump to that immediate uh, you know claim your good in the ultimate you know in the absolute sense and and uh, sometimes it just offends one because it's like I'm not quite ready to be jumping around right now. You know, <laughs> I, I need to honor the part of me that feels like you said, not 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 feeling so good right now. And uh, and yet I can. But I love that. I can also acknowledge that within me, you know, is this miracle working power of these trillions of cells, you know, that even when I'm feeling down, they're still doing their thing, you know, and um, and affirm that. So it's 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 a. That's that's another reason I like the to call the book gentle, right? Because you're providing things that are real and helpful rather than just um, absolute statements, which which may be like you said, real in the in the ultimate, but uh, you know don't don't ring true right now. And and that sort of brings me to this one of your other themes is um, the the willingness to question and look, right? In in order for you to shift or pivot towards the larger a holistic view of yourself, you know, the first thing you have to do is, is acknowledge, well, maybe I'm not doing that right now. You know, be honest about where you are, right? And uh, not beat ourselves up because, uh, well, I'm not there yet or I'm not feeling whole today. You know, just notice. No, notice where you are because that self-honesty is very freeing, I think, isn't it? It is. And, you know, that that's that's what it starts with is, acknowledging checking in with yourself uh because it doesn't do you any good in the long run to 
keep denying, keep bypassing <laughs> the, right. the real emotions that you're having. So you've got to be willing to almost unapologetically devote yourself to, to claiming your wholeness no matter the circumstances. So that means that it's not, you know, there's, there's not this destination. There's not an end point that we're getting to with healing. It's this ongoing process. So no matter how many times you need to be reminded, how great is it that you can continue to do that? You know, you don't feel stuck in this. I should be here by now. I should, I should have this all figured out. That's not real. Well, I remember, you know, I was a child of the 60s. Um, there was this idea of, of enlightenment as sort of a state of a goal, you know, a state of mind that, you know, you would eventually reach if you were lucky enough. And there were these beings called enlightened beings that had made it, you know, and they were the ones that were teaching us, you know, all these wonderful truths. And then, of course, I realized after a while that, that that's that's totally foolish because there is no such state as enlightenment you know it's it's a every moment is enlightenment and every moment is is ignorance depending on where we <laughs> where we are right uh, in consciousness Absolutely. and uh, it's it's if, it, if it's degraded down to a state then it, it can't be real because the very nature of enlightenment is is beyond states it's it's a question of, of uh, a, a certain approach to life that's that's very um creative and, and whole and, and beautiful. So, yeah, uh, so I totally, totally agree with yeah. you. Yeah, you're speaking my, my you're singing my song, Paul yes. John, because I too was raised <laughs> in the 60s and early 70s. And, you know, it was the age of the gurus. And, you know, the guru that I, that I uh, landed in an ashram with and all that, you know, later fell off of his enlightened state. You know, he, he, he was one of those fallen gurus that, yeah. that did things that, uh, that human beings are are subject to sometimes do, and uh, you know we broke that mythology. I like to say enlightenment is temporary, you know, because it is. It's moment by moment, and I I like the way you said it. It's every every moment we're either in an, a moment of enlightenment or we're not. I mean, it just <laughs> yeah yeah, it's beautiful. And you know, you talk a lot about mind, of course, because you know you we're we're in unity and. We like to talk about those, um, the, the, you know, the power of consciousness and, and, and self-awareness and whatnot. And I love the idea of the pivotal nature of mind, right? That we, we are uh, spirit, soul, and body, or spirit, mind, and body. And, and the, the mind can t turn towards spirits, towards the limitless, or it can turn towards the limited, right? And um, yeah. we, get to, we get to choose that. We get to choose how, how we look at life on any given day am, am i a limited fragmented broken person or, or am i something different you know something whole and wondrous um yeah. and not to deny like you said that we sometimes feel broken but but not to buy into it as our reality right yes you know one of my early classes in unity with um one with one of my first ministers i really he, he drew a diagram of spirit soul and body and really, that's when I came, that's when I really caught the word pivot. He didn't say the word pivot, but I later read it in something that co-founder of Unity Charles Fillmore wrote, um, had about the pivotal nature of the mind. And it was such a graphic image for me. You know, I could see that sort of the 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 actual movement of my thinking, right? From focused outward to focused inward, to, from focused on my problems and challenges 
to focused on a greater reality of my nature. So it, to me, it's been a very helpful thing to understand that. And you reference um, Emmett Fox, you know, in his wonderful little pamphlet, The Golden Key, right, where, again, you take your mind off the problem and place it on God or place it on the solution, right, rather than on, on all the difficulties and fears that are surrounding my problem and, and uh, trust there's a larger reality that, that can be at work here, right, that this evolutionary force within us that, that, that can do amazing miracles, Yes, and a simple way that, that we've been really uh, addressing this is going back to when, when Alicia was talking about feelings, that, you know, we, 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 we can really accept our feelings. And, in fact, we have to, you know, be willing to honor our feelings and allow them to, um, to be felt by us, not to bypass them. But here's where it really gets good, that pivoting nature just simply means that the feelings that we're having about what's going on with us, our own conditions and circumstances, those feelings, they're indicators. They tell us something, but they're not directors, right? They're, follow- they're meant to be followers, not leaders. Yes. So we feel them, we honor them, we give them their place, and then we pivot from them to where our power is. And that, that, you know, every single one of us, I think, if we if we get some just a little bit of understanding of that, can really find that place of power. I like that. I've always liked the image of the, um, the sky and the clouds. You know, that when you're meditating, the the thoughts and feelings come across this the view of uh, of, of the spaciousness of the sky. Uh, you know, as clouds, and then if we start focusing on all the clouds, then you know, all we can see is clouds. But if we allow them just to be what they are, and, and then they come and they go, they move on, and we, we're in the spaciousness. In fact, we become the spaciousness of the of the sky because that's who we are in truth. And I've always loved that because it's not, it's not resisting the clouds. Oh, no, I don't want them to come. You know, I want, my, I want my sky to be pure and blue. Well, no, they, you know, they're, they're, it's okay. The clouds are part of the sky, right? They're, they're, they're what makes it up. And, and you mentioned that in the book. You say, you know, your thoughts and your feelings, they're natural. That's, that's what the mind does. It's, that's what the brain does is, is generate all these, you know, limitless thoughts and ideas and, and feelings. They're, they're not to be feared, but simply to be understood. Mm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. It's so, uh, it's so freeing. You know, we talked about one of our themes uh, or one of our definitions of healing is freedom. How freeing is that understanding? Yes. Right? When I get to that place of understanding, it frees me from having to, you know, feel, to feel as if my life isn't working. I can see that it's possible for two things to be going on at the same time. Number one, for me to have some challenges, for me to have some real things that I've got to deal with in my life, but that that doesn't, that's not the whole of my life, that, I, that there's this whole other dimension of living in which I am free. And when I start to really access that, I feel the freedom of that, and I'm not feeling beholden to that set of circumstances. Like, you know, we get into this place almost a martyr, a place of martyrdom, where we've been given the message that suffering is noble, that um, it's, it's good for us to be weak, you know, the, oh, there's so many 
you know, uh, so many challenges that we present, I think, in our way of thinking to some um, some belief systems that we have inherited, <laughs> you know, from our yes. childhood perhaps or whatever. We get a chance to rethink those things and what freedom there is in being able to think through and break through to a new understanding. I love it. And, you know, there's a powerful chapter here in the book um, called Draw Upon Your Inner Resources, which helps us do just that. And and it's chapter four. But what it is, is unity's 12 powers, basically, isn't it? But reframed in your own uh, words, which I like, and uh, leading us through all these amazing resources that we have at our disposal that are within us, in our, in our body, mind, um, you know, system here, uh, and uh, and ultimately from spirit, because there's there's spiritual qualities. And so that's a powerful chapter, folks. Um, and what makes this book very, very practical in the sense that uh, you could discover these. I, I mean, I've known about the 12 powers for a long time, being a minister for many decades, but I loved reading the chapter because it was so fresh. It was like, oh, yeah. Here's another uh, wonderful new look at the, these qualities that, that, I, that I felt I knew a little bit about, but you, here they are presented again. And isn't that one of the lovely things about spirit? You know, it's, it's new every day, isn't it? We're, we're born again every day to this truth. It's, uh, it's, 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 it, it, it has to be that way, right? You, you, um, you come to it with a newness of life, if you like. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's honestly one of my favorite chapters. And uh, what was so special about that is being able to include stories, not just our own stories, but stories of others so that it could be illustrated in a way that people who are new to, to new thought, people who are new to unity specifically, have access to these spiritual capacities. It's something they might not have even um been awakened to that they that they have that they possess so um that was super important for me to be able to share that and share how it how it appears in your everyday life absolutely i love that and and there's a lot of good affirmations uh, around each power um in in that chapter too which which makes it uh, doubly effective um folks we're at a halfway stage uh, on my show today with Linda Martella Whitsett and her daughter Alicia Whitsett. We're talking about their wonderful new book that's just come out. Um, it's called This Life is Yours. Just, and I love that. This life is yours. Take charge of it. And that's true for each and every one of us, right? So we're all called to, to live life to the full. Discover your power. Claim your wholeness and heal your life. Let's listen to these messages from Unity, and we'll be right back to talk more about this great book. So uh, join me then. Join Linda and Alicia then. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. So welcome back to today's show. I'm with Linda Martella-Witsit and Alicia 
Alicia Whitsett. Um, we're talking about their book, This Life is Yours. It's chock full of all kinds of practical information about how to be empowered, to realize the essential freedom and wholeness of your being, how to heal your life in, in all ways, emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually. Now, these are not doctors. It's, it's not like you're going to, uh, you know, be cured or whatever. They don't promise that. But they're providing so, something perhaps more profound than that. Uh, these, these wonderful tools and techniques and principles that you can use to transform your life. And that usually, in my experience, leads to some kind of healing and wholeness. Um, so it's, it's powerful in that regard. I, I love, uh, I know Alicia loved the, pre, the chapter where we talk about the 12 powers. I thought that was a great chapter too. But I, I really got a kick out of the next one uh, because uh, it's, it's an A to Z of uh, practical things that you could do uh, in, in your everyday life, right? And it's called the impact of intentional action. Before we can get to that, though, we are invited to take a 15-minute break. So what does that mean, take a 15-minute break? <laughs> Here's what we think. So we're, neither of us are brain scientists or, you know, we don't, we don't get into the details of this. But what we do know is that science teaches us that uh, the habits that we have, the, the actions that we do repeatedly, they have definite effects. In our, in our energy, you know, in our vibration, and in our body itself. And so our proposition is, is that we can change our life by just interrupting the, the long-standing, in many cases, chatter of the mind around what's wrong with me, <laughs> right? Even, even to interrupt the physical pain that captures our attention because let's face it you know when something's not not when something is unwanted in our experience man we feel it right and it's an experience that sometimes is consuming to our mental energy and so the point here is to pause that chatter that that at where our attention is flowing and just like in the pivot to shift our attention toward uh, our wholeness toward some action, some practice, some mental habit that will have us totally be excited about who we are, what we are for real, our, our whole life, something that's wanted in our experience. So when we do that, we literally interrupt the brain chemistry and the physical chemistry the, that, that um, you know, this the stress hormones that build up when we're focused upon all that seems to be going wrong. Well, we break that habit with 15 minutes of dedicated attention on something that we love, something that we want to, um, to generate more energy about in our life, something that gets us to feeling good in, in the present moment. When we devote our time to that, we, we suspend the, the buildup of those stress hormones, and instead we flood our system with feel-good chemicals. I mean, okay. in the late, the lay terms, right? In lay terms, with feel-good right. chemicals. Yeah. It's a yeah. spiritual prescription, not not a not a medical prescription, right? Right. Yeah, and I mm -hmm. I think yeah. Go ahead. 
Yes, and so by doing that daily, just 15 minutes, a little bit of time dedicated every day to either a repeated practice or to doing something fresh and different each day um, is really is really builds up to a literally a change in our experience. And Alicia, you you have you had some really good insight into you know what's so special about these all these different alphabet of uh, practices that we recommend. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, much like everything in this book, I think when we sat down to write this, we we came at it from our own experiences, but also we came, we came through with inclusivity, making sure that everybody can access these. So um, A to Z, you can choose what you do, and none of these require you to go and purchase anything or even go anywhere uh, to, to do it. You can do it right from your bed if that is where you are. So um, we wanted to just make it really accessible to everyone. And, and that's, uh, that's my background in working with people with developmental disabilities. And also for me with, with my medical health challenges, I love being in nature, but when I was sick in bed, that wasn't something that was possible for me having having sensitivity to sunlight, you know, I had to find other ways to bring nature into my environment. So um, I'm just, I'm really proud of this chapter for that because people can really see, wow, this is possible. And I have choices. We're not saying you have to do all A to Z every time, try something, expand, you know, expand your point of view on something, but it might not be what works for you. And some of them are ones we might expect, like, you know, affirmation, because there's a lot of talk about uh, affirmation. But there's, there's one about devotion, and, and that could be, uh, as you mentioned, you know, including uh, reading Unity's Daily Word. Um, I've got images of uh, gods and goddesses around uh, that I love, and that, that mm-hmm. gives me a devotional thread in my, in my life, wherever, whatever I'm doing. So it's always there in the background. Uh, eat mindfully. You know, I, I, we stuff food down, don't we? And so it's, it's good sometimes to, to slow down and to, to be aware in a natural way, you know, not, not in a sort of a, a phony way. Uh, look at me, I'm, uh, how mindfully I'm eating and all that. But, but just <laughs> to pay attention, you know, to, to the food instead of just automatically do it, doing it. Um, your your Indian Eastern background is showing, uh, Linda, because you have one on Japa <laughs> meditation, right? On the yes. uh, on on using the um, mantra and, and usually a, a prayer beads, right? Uh, the mala beads, uh-huh. the, the rosary, and it's not just mm-hmm. from the East, because like you mentioned, it, you know, the Roman Catholic rosary is, is the same idea. The Muslims use it. Uh, you know, I think every every culture has uh, some kind of form of uh, re- repetition of the of a power, a powerful name, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and we each have our favorites. You know, one of my favorites uh, is uh, the breath work. Any kind of breath work and um, and Om chanting are things that just really change my uh, my vibration very quickly, and uh, they require me to be in my body, which is a very important thing for for me to do. Right. Yeah. Another one is singing. I think that's so important. Some of us you know, think, well, I can't sing, right? So I better not sing. 
somebody told me back in the day, maybe that I didn't have a good voice or whatever it is. And so we're reticent. And I think that's sad because everybody can sing, right? It, not just in the shower, mm -hmm. but uh, I, my, my wife, for instance, uh, w is a self-admitted person that doesn't sing that well. And yet, and yet she sings to her grandchildren because she just loves to make up oh. songs and sing to them. And, and they're delightful. And, uh, you know, I enjoy it. And I don't care if she hasn't got the greatest voice in the world. It, it's the exuberance that she brings. And the, the children love it and uh, respond to it because I think children naturally want to sing, don't they? And, and uh, laugh and have a good time in that regard. That's yes, for sure. And, and, and some... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, saying, I find the. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, let's let Alicia go for a minute. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say I find the the ones that that come to the forefront as oh no that's not for me or I'm scared of that are the exact ones that you should be doing. Yeah, because good point. For, for me, it's that physical movement. When I am in a dance class, I'm so aware of how uncomfortable I feel, but as soon as that music comes on and I allow myself to just move the way that I naturally move, there there is power in there and there it, it just it sends me to a different place. So um you you can feel the fear, but you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta push yourself to try it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very good. Good point. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and I was thinking of the physical effects. So you were talking about the joy of singing and uh, um, you know the the sweetness of that experience, but all the while you are massaging your lungs and your heart. You know what I mean? Like that's happening, and you're Absolutely. increasing your circulation, and and it just with the dancing as well. So these things that um, that we do, some of them, they have effects in all the dimensions of our life, body, mind, and spirit effects, and that's why they are such potent practices. Yes, and dance could be included in that. You know, the rhythms of the spiritual dancing and is 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 can't you mention that, Lisa? This common in in lots of traditions of the world too. Um, you've got one. Um, what was it? Uh, the U one. You remember that? Let me look at it. The U, uh, the unpracticed, unpracticed. What's that? Do you think that's clever? The unpracticed. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that that's the that's um that's the active aspect of you know these denials or release, right? Right. <laughs> stop banging yeah, your head stop against doing the brick something. wall, right? Yeah, stop doing that thing <laughs> that isn't really enjoyable and that is really leading to uh you not feeling better. <laughs> you know, there's another practice that uh I know some people find counterintuitive, but I found find very powerful. And you mentioned it too. It's one of the uh, the alphabet is there's the tongue gland, right, where you uh, give and receive uh, energy. And and you know it, it, it's counterintuitive because unity we like to breathe in all the the love and the good and everything. In, in tongue gland, you breathe in all the dark, all the ugly, all the fear, and all all the sadness of the world, right? All the suffering. Uh, but you transform it within your consciousness and breathe out pure light, pure air. Um, and I love wow. that because what it tells me is the the power within me, you know, as spirit is greater than any darkness, right? So I have the power to transform 
And so I shouldn't have, shouldn't be afraid of these things. In fact, as a compassionate being, I'm willing to take on that. You know, it's a little bit like Jesus taking on suffering so that, you know, it can be transformed. It's misunderstood, I think, as a, yeah. uh, you know, as a sacrifice uh, on the cross. But it's a similar idea, isn't it? It's breathing in all the sadness and, and saying, no, that's not all. You know, there's something greater and I'm breathing out a blessing to the world. I, I find that practice very, very powerful because, again, it's, it's not denying this suffering, but it's 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 transforming it, right? But and we we can only transform it by really owning it, by breathing breathing it in. I mean, that is pretty powerful, I think. I agree, it's powerful, and it's so contrary to what we are often taught. Like you know, I was a massage therapist in with my own practice, and. I mean, they, the trainers kind of, you know, almost beat into you this refrain of you've got to protect yourself, you've got to protect yourself. You know, right. put the white light around you so that nothing harmful gets in you. And so now we're being told, breathe in <laughs> all that darkness, right? But the the beauty of the Tonglen practice is that it's not meant to be harbored inside of us. We don't, it's like the, you know, you don't build the nest and, and have and have that darkness come and reside. You don't You don't hang on to it. You transform it. You transmute it into pure, positive spiritual energy. And to know that that's possible for us to do with the negatives of our life, boy, there's power in that. It, it is powerful, yeah. I think it's slightly different, say, if you're in a therapeutic situation where, where you know, you may have some energies that are, you know, imbalanced or whatever, and you're, you're trying to help that person. You know, it, it's, it is easy because we're very vulnerable in those situations. It is easy to be influenced. Um, yeah. Tom Glenn is very intentional. It's it's you're the one that's deciding to bring that in as opposed to you, your openness is allowing some energies to take over. So I, I can see why, you know, people advocate surrounding yourself with a white light because I think that that's important part of that particular modality right so so it yeah, is it is point. true that we have to you know uh, safeguard ourselves I've always, I've always felt you know it's okay for me to go into difficult situations but i have to surround myself with a white light first so so, so that i remember that i i am a spiritual being going into this situation and yeah. not a fear fear-based human being you know so i could be more effective in that in that regard mm-hmm. um one thing i like to do is nothing and uh yeah, we, that's not on the list, but I think it's important too. You know, you mentioned the fifteen-minute break. I, I like agree. To, I like to have fifteen minutes of nothing. You know, um, you, you know, I, I don't want to be thinking about something. you know what, what what positive thing can I do for fifteen minutes to turn the tables on all the rest of the nonsense. No, I'd rather just do nothing. In fact, you know, when I'm writing or or um, even reading, I'll stop and just do nothing for a while. You know, let let it go down, let it percolate inside me the the, the book. I, and I understand the book better if I do that, and I write better if I do that. So, um, you know, it's out of the nothingness, isn't it, that uh, everything comes. And if you're a writer, so you know this. Um, you know, it's, it, you, you have a blank page and all of a sudden there's something on it. You know, and it, where did it come from? It sort of came through your mind, didn't it? But really, it came from somewhere that's uh, mysterious, right? Yeah, yeah. You, and you know, I'm just, I'm just I'm challenging myself to find it where we place something about doing nothing. And so it's not written as doing nothing. I think mindfulness can be that sort of that state of just sitting, just being, yes. just yes. being. 
And, you know, I just notice whatever is there in the beingness. And the other one is rest. We have a definite place for rest. And yoga nidra can be rest where you, you know, go into a a meditation or or a a relaxation state, but a, a definite break from thinking. Part of the challenge for a lot of people with that idea of doing nothing or being still is that if if our minds have been just really very wildly untamed, (laughs) you know, and and harnessed in, uh, you know, caught up in our circumstances, boy, I hear over and over again how hard it is to turn that faucet off for a bit, you know. Absolutely. The idea of being, being still and doing nothing it's it's easier to do something else that then requires my attention so that I'm no longer uh, caught up in that. But I am certainly with you, and when it, where it's possible to be still is something that's that's often for most people a very rare. Occurrence. Well, I think I think nature connection too, which is one of your um, alphabet, you know, and, and Alicia mentioned that earlier. You're, Connecting with nature is, is often doing nothing in, in the sense like you're um, just looking, watching and appreciating, right? Uh, you, mm. You're not doing anything as such except absorbing the beauties all around you. And, um, and I, th- I think that's another form of that. That's why I find going out into nature, even into my own garden, to be very healing, right? Because you, you're just mm. in awe of the, the power of, of Mother Nature, right? Of the, the power of the universe mm. here flowing through everything. Yes. Mm. So we, we, we need to c- carry on because uh, we've only got a few, well, 10 minutes left, something like that. Wanna, I guess, don't miss anything out of this book here. Um, uh, we've covered quite a bit, haven't we? Uh, and there's a lot mm-hmm. in it. Um, so uh, what, what haven't we covered so far? I think there's a big, big part of the book is what I'd call about acceptance, right? Accepting things how they are. You use the word honor, to honor the past, to honor our feelings, our needs, and honor our ability to wait. There's, there's that do nothing a bit again, isn't that showing up? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's good to accept you know we, we we spend so much time trying to fix everything and i know everybody's got the to-do lists and and you know we read we need yet another book to tell us how to get over stuff but but there's power to acceptance isn't there creative acceptance honoring things so talk about yes. that a little bit hmm. alicia you want to start <laughs> I, I was thinking where where to start with that because it's such a it's another big one yeah. Um, you know, we can start, we can start with feelings because I think again, as, as mom said before, feelings are those indicators that are kind of alerting us that something is not feeling right uh, within us, you know, whatever it is. And I, I know, again, I'm going to refer back to this past year with, with all of the time that I had to sit in silence with myself and looking around me and, and thinking, uh, I want to reorganize my pantry. <laughs> I want to declutter all, all the things that weren't working for me. It was really that I wanted to declutter this heavy baggage that I had and figure out where it was coming from. So uh, the only way that you can unpack all of that is to honor where you're at, to recognize, hey, this is how I'm feeling in this moment, but to also acknowledge, wow, I have choices in this, right? Because we we can make meaning out of 
out of anything. So um, for me, it was kind of just the, the empowerment that I feel to, to know that no matter what is going on, I do have those choices and I can, I can choose to be stuck in that or I can choose to move forward and beyond it and think about the whole of what my life is outside of this one condition that has me feeling stuck. And the, 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 those two chapters sort of go together and they perfectly uh, encapsulate what you're, you're saying there. I think, you know, the, the honoring or embracing of things and then the reinforcing of wholeness, the reinforcing of the, or asserting, I think is the word that's used in that chapter. And I like that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's an mm-hmm. even more powerful way of affirming something, isn't it? To assert it to be the truth because it involves your whole being, you know, to be assertive is not to be aggressive, but it, it's, but it's to, to know your truth at such a, a level that you, you are willing to speak it, live it, be it, you know, and, and it's powerful. Other people can hear that they can, they can, um, they can know the power. I think we've seen this in, in, in certain people who've spoken, eloquently you know during times of outrage in this last year um and, and have spoken uh, to the camera and made statements that that have just totally uplifted me um and i, I think you know after all the horror of, of murders or whatever it might be you know there's so much going on right now in the world um to have people speak with eloquence and and compassion because I, I asked myself you know could i do the same thing you know if, if an atrocity mm. had happened to me i'd be outraged but uh, this this is yeah. truly putting it into practice, isn't it? Where you're able to speak from a higher level. You know, uh, you mentioned um, Michelle Obama's statement. You know, when they go low, we go high. Um, you know, as a great metaphysical statement, isn't it? Um, and that's true for when it's not people outside of ourselves. It's when those negative thoughts in our own heads, when they go low, right? We, we we harness the higher uh, angels uh, of our nature and and, um, and and you know have mastery right over that that limitation. So it's it's a powerful metaphysical statement. Yes, and it's really the the thing that I think our book maybe does is create a bridge um, to that ability um, that doesn't bypass our feelings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't just jump us out of our present experience and to pretend that it's not happening. It doesn't do that. It takes us through our feelings. You know, the affirmation for for honoring our feelings is one that I really value. And um, I don't know if you have a, a time for me to read it. Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Your got listeners, about two minutes. But I think I think it'd be really helpful. And that particular chapter is just filled with some very challenging story of feelings um, from Alicia's experience as well as my own. So here's an affirmation to honor feelings. I believe in a benevolent universe where it is safe for me to feel what I feel. I never need fear my feelings for my feelings are messengers. They reveal to me what I know is important but what I have been hesitant to admit. I allow my feelings, knowing they come and go naturally, fleetingly. They are unreasonable. I cannot control them or time them appropriately. But I need not be afraid of my feelings. By means of them, I come to know myself, 
my whole magnificent self. Feelings, I respect you. Wow, that's powerful. That's uh, a wonderful way to begin to conclude the show, I think. And, and again, it gives you a, a, an insight, folks, if you're listening um, and thinking about getting this book, an insight into the power, the gentle power of this book. Um, and, of course, it's available in all the usual outlets. And um, This Life is Yours is the title. I encourage you to get it. There's a lot of information that can be life-enhancing here for you. Um, let me tell you about next week's show, and then we'll say goodbye to um, our wonderful guests. Next week, uh, Religious Science Minister Mike McMorrow joins me, and he's going to discuss his book. It's called Blue Collar Spirituality. That sounds intriguing, doesn't it? Blue Collar Spirituality. But right now, I want to thank uh, Linda and Alicia, not just for being on the show, but also for writing the the book and for, for being lights in our world. Thank, thank you so much. What, what a wonderful and insightful show it's been. Oh, thank you so much. Very, very you, grateful. I wish you well with the book, and, and, and uh, you know, I hope it's, it's a wonderful success. I know it will be, and um, what a blessing. So if there's one word that you both would use today to speak out to our audience, what would it be? What word comes to your mind? For me, self-care. Self-care, wonderful. Uh, for me, it would be allow. Ah, mm. wonderful. Mm. Well, let's take those words into our week, folks. Self-care, what does that mean to you? Let that go into your heart. And allow is one of my favorite ones because I think mm. God allows, the universe allows so much um, and, and is very creative in that regard. So, yeah, allowing. I'm allowing myself to feel really good about this show. So uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you once again so much. Uh, and thanks, thanks for listening, folks, to this voice of an awakening world. Hope you join me again next week. All right. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 